show number 104 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. And now we launch into our new show. It seems like forever. It has been forever, although we have seen an awful lot of each other, what with the rehearsals and everything. <laughs> yes, the strenuous rehearsal schedule. Yes. <laughs> Um, I want to add a visual element to the show, if I may. On Skype? Well, I want to, yeah, as much as I can. I want to tell all the listeners that um, I got my hair cut. And today it came out weird. So one side is flat and one side is sticking out. And it's a real sort of um, early 1960s Valley of the Dolls look. (laughs) I just thought I'd share. You could enhance that by Mm -hmm. taking some hairspray and spraying mm-hmm. the flat side and making mm-hmm. it even flatter. I probably could, and I probably could make the, the sticky outside even sticky out here. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. eventually you'd look like you belonged on Star Trek. <laughs> like I don't already. Yeah. Well, anyway, we should do a very quick recap for everybody about the live show. Yes, the live show was fantastic. Yeah. And it was our first like complete show you know mm-hmm. the other thing we did we did a couple sketches and we're on and off but this was like 45 50 minutes of just us yeah and the best part was that there were people there who weren't our friends um yeah who laughed a lot and weren't forced to be there yeah and they really <laughs> enjoyed it and and actually reported back and said good things about us in contexts where we weren't forcing them to do it so that was all right really right good. so yeah and we posted those to the blog so we're just really happy with the way everything went we had a lot of fun yes. they had a lot of fun mm-hmm. and we've got more fabulous ideas and we hope to do more in the summer definitely we are exploring other venues and other places where we might do it so if you missed it this time don't worry there will be plenty of other opportunities to see the show that's right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's really funny, and it's what we, we wanted it to be. You know, we, yeah. we've always felt we have kind of a, a, a fresh, unique perspective going here, mm-hmm. and it played well in Palo Alto. It did. <laughs> I think for me, the best part really was um, when we were done, we were packing up and getting ready to leave, and the guy who was the MC, who is himself a stand-up comedian mm-hmm. and who um, MCs a lot of the stuff there and has seen a lot of things, made it a point to come up to us and say, you know, I've really never seen anything like that. You guys did a totally original take on this, and it was really... And he, was, he meant it in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he was just saying, this, this was really different. And, you know, for a guy who sees a lot of live stuff to tell us that he thought we did something really cool and different, that was a big compliment. It really was, yeah. And like, I think the biggest thrill for me was getting live laughs. Yes. And, and like you said, you know, not, not from our friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they laughed too. But, you know, people who had, you know, shelled out their seven bucks to be there. Yep. And so that was very cool. It was good. It was good to share a little bit of the secret of the podcast with just yes. normal people. Yes. <laughs> the secrets of Shatner. So, so that was great. Um, and we'll mention once again that we have um, sort of a separate website set up for the live show stuff, which is at just lookathisbutt.com, whereas right. the show blog is at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. So if you ever want to see the, any stuff about the live show, go to just plain old lookathisbutt.com. Right. And if you go to the live performance show, there's a fun picture that our friend Junk made for us. Yes. So. And Unless, I don't, I don't believe we put that on the the show blog, no, I uh, the not. podcast blog. So it's just at the live show place. Yeah, it's us yes. sort of um, 
in in the midst of show and everything. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Okay. Um, okay. Let us very briefly talk about the fact that you won an award. I did. Um, my sto- uh, <laughs> story. My story. Story. Um, by some other sea, which is about the only Kirk Brandt story I've written in two, three years, uh, won an award on Alt Star Trek Creative. Mm-hmm. It's one of the online uh, fanfic groups where I used to hang out a lot, and now I just occasionally post a story and mm-hmm. occasionally read something there. And uh, so that was really cool, and I got some very nice comments on it. And their their awards are comment based. You don't vote like you know for best story or anything. You just during the comment period post your comments to particular stories you want to say something about and uh so that was cool it was great so congratulations to you that was an excellent story and it was great to see that it won well thank you yeah it's nice to still have that little connection to the fanfic world well and um i also have to tell you this kind of relates to the live show on the shatner board i had posted something saying you know we were a hit and several people who i really don't know or i'm not familiar with um, they're from the non-fan club side of the board where I don't, you know, do an awful lot. We're saying how much they like my stories. Oh, how cool. And so that was really cool. And um, and so I said, and I've said this to you and a couple other people, I really want to finish this mm-hmm. Academy story that's in progress before the new movie comes out. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm getting this, you know, oh, please, please, from, from several different corners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, speaking of the movie, yes. I, I saw... Um, that it had its world premiere in Sydney. Seriously? Yeah, I saw that somewhere, and I went, "Oh fuck, when does it come out?" You know. But it turns out I still have a month to finish this. Yeah, story. yeah, it comes out at the beginning of May. Although I did see a commercial on television for the movie, which showed the long-ish trailer. It's not the trailer that I saw at WonderCon. It's a different version. Mm-hmm. Didn't have anything new in it, but that was the first one I saw actually on broadcast television. So I think they showed one during the finale of Battlestar. Oh, I think I saw one. Okay. And then I, I saw one in a movie theater, so I was kind of stuck, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, But it, 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 it revealed nothing as far as spoilers, so that was fine with me. It just looked like it has a lot of fights and, and blowing up. Blowing up. A lot of stuff blowing up, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, we should talk quickly about Shatmoy. Yes. Uh, because I don't think we really have talked about this before. And we just need to remind people that it happens every year. So, <laughs> you know, get ready. Start Just getting like ready for Christmas. next year. Yeah, yeah. Start getting ready for next year. Of course, Shatmoy is the, the space between William Shatner's birthday and Leonard Nimoy's birthday. And, and the... Go ahead. I was going to say, and of course, Leonard Nimoy shares his birthday with me, not the other way around. Um, right. So, yeah, that that week is very special, and, you know, everybody needs to celebrate that and do Shatner-related activities to, you know, celebrate the Festival of Shatmoy. Well, and also, and we did put this on the blog, the mm-hmm. first day of Shatmoy, Bill's birthday, is now Talk Like William Shatner Day. International Talk Like William International. Shatner. So, yeah. you know, you, everybody has to get to work on that, mm-hmm. working on their, their Shatner speak, mm-hmm. so that you're ready next year when it comes around. Because yeah. there'll probably be contests. I think so. I think there should be. I wouldn't be surprised if radio stations had phone-in contests. I wonder what Bill does to celebrate Shatmoy. I don't know. That's like asking, how does Jesus celebrate Christmas? You mean Easter or Christmas? Christmas. Uh, it's his birthday. But Easter's when he came back to life. Don't you think that's more important? Well, you know, we had this discussion at dinner the other <laughs> night about Easter being the most important event on the Christian calendar. Uh-huh. But 
Christmas is the biggie. And but let's not get into that. <laughs> I want to know what Bill does actually to celebrate his birthday. And then what does he do to celebrate Leonard's birthday? Does he like have a dozen pizzas sent to his house or something? <laughs> By porn stars. Yeah, exactly. Um, I bet, you know, his birthday, I'm sure, from what I've heard, he does something different like every year. Mm-hmm. You know, just some some new wild adventure. And he probably plays a different prank on Leonard every year. That's true. I'm sure he has a list and he just goes through the list, checks them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> got that. Got that. Got that. Yeah. Got that. Got that. Okay. Made it. He was being audited, <laughs> you know. <laughs> too funny That's what I think okay um now let's talk about a semi-serious thing oh um, there have been so many things happening while we haven't been doing these podcasts um so Harlan Ellison is suing Paramount yes um he is suing them because he has not been getting paid mm-hmm. for um proceeds from stuff he came up with for the City on the Edge of Forever episode, like Guardian of Forever. Right, which Paramount and, continues to make a lot of money off of by merchandising, not just, right. um, well, they made the little ornament that looks like the Guardian, and they've used it in other um, formats, in books, and in other episodes of TV series and things like that. So they have clearly been profiting off of a thing that he created. Right, and apparently that is in his contract. I don't know if it's in the standard writer's contract. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I posted sort of a snarky thing to the blog saying, you know, oh, Harlan, we're sick of you and you're whining, which we are, even though in this case he probably does have a legitimate point. At the time I posted that, I didn't know he had a legitimate point, mm-hmm. and I'm not taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to share the comment we got on the blog from an anonymous person mm-hmm. who I think is not a fan. It says, even mad cow Denny Crane would have a better understanding of the legal merits of Ellison's case than you two knuckleheads. I, know. I love that we were called knuckleheads. That really I made know. my day. That, that's some new pinnacle. Get some fresh air and take your heads out of Shatner's butt once in a while, okay? <laughs> you know what I think? What? I think Harlan posted that. Uh. <laughs> it just sounds like him. He doesn't know how to use a computer, so I don't think it's really. Um, I, he used to. Um, well, he he does now, but they have like a modem that connects him to the internet, a dial-up yeah. modem. Um, but he My used God. to, yeah, he used to um, type a lot of stuff and then have people transcribe it for him for internet purposes. <laughs> but I, I think he's a little more internet savvy, so um, it's nice to think that it was him. But I don't really think it was him. Darn. Yeah, but um, well, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. Now, the other part of it that I just wanted to mention quickly is that um, this has been going on for a really long time, and the Writers Guild of America, who represents writers, was supposed to have been fighting for his cause against Paramount and apparently has been doing a really shitty job of it. So his grievance is also against the Writers Guild for not pressing the case with Paramount to get him and the other writers paid for their contributions mm-hmm. over the years. You know, I've, I'm not a member of the Writers Guild and don't ever plan to be, but I've heard they are, are not particularly proactive about helping out their members. Yeah, so that kind of sucks, you know, if it's your yeah. union, you think yeah. they'll be fighting for you. And from what I have read on in various places, it seems like the Writers Guild goes up to Paramount and says, could you please pay the writers for the stuff that they created for you? And Paramount says, 
oh, go away and don't bother us. Mm-hmm. We're too important. And the writer's guild kind of slinks off and goes, okay, we'll come back later when you're, yeah. when you're in a better mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting, too, that it is a work for hire, you know, when you write a TV show. So they own it. But I find it interesting that at least Harland had this clause in his contract that apparently if they did other things with that material well, other than just show it in that TV show, yeah, yeah. That, um, that he is to be compensated. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a standard clause or not, but um, it's interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, in a way, it, it doesn't surprise me. And I mentioned this. I was emailing with um, our friend Tony about this. Because mm-hmm. he was asking what I thought, and I said that, you know, that thing that Lockwood said to us back when we met him that one time, when I asked him, why is there no Mitchell figure? And he oh, said, right. you know, Paramount had offered him some pittance, you know, like $5,000 to use his likeness pretty much forever in perpetuity throughout the galaxy on anything they wanted and make a gazillion dollars. And they were going to give him mm-hmm. 5,000 bucks to do that. And he said, fuck you. <laughs> well, I thought he said that, that they didn't offer him anything. It was like, you're just supposed to be f- so flattered. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe they, they said that at first and then he asked for money and that was their offer. Uh huh. Like, Ooh, $5,000. And so he, really? he just didn't think it was worth it. So I think that they just, in general, have a very low opinion of anybody who's done anything creative for them ever. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, as an actor, as a writer or whatever, you are one of the, the building blocks. And that mm-hmm. is true much more so in TV mm-hmm. and movies than it is on stage. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just another technical aspect and a, apparently an annoying one. Yes, very much so. So, <laughs> But you know what I was thinking? Yes. I'm standing here looking at my um, Star Trek Barbies across the room. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> if we took Star Trek Ken and painted his eyes silver, he bears a resemblance. Oh, interesting. We, we, we could make a Gary Mitchell doll. <laughs> you know, I would never... Um, do that to a Kirk doll because they're sacred. But this is a Ken doll yeah, in, yeah. in a you know, Starfleet uniform. Well, maybe we should do that as an art project one of these days. We have to put a little bit of silver into his hair as well, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. His hair got a little silver. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. We could do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll put that on the list. Yeah. Hey, well, while we're talking about Gary Mitchell, <laughs> yes. or not Gary Mitchell so much as um, Edith Keeler. Mm-hmm. I want to share the the deep thought that I had. I saw this episode of Doctor Who Mm -hmm. and Donna, his like assistant, Mm -hmm. she had to go back in time to to change something she had done that resulted in the destruction of Earth. And the way she accomplished it was throwing herself in front of a truck. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is very Edith Keeler. And then I thought, you know, this has worked twice now. The, the earth, the future, and everything good has been saved by a woman getting hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. So I think we should give some serious thought to, you know, global warming and uh, find the right woman and the right truck and the right point in time and just give her a shove. Wow. I mean, I, I'm really surprised that with all the, the work they're doing coming up with solutions mm-hmm. and everything else, that there isn't a project working on this. Wow, it's a good plan. I only see one flaw in it, though. What is that? Well, the flaw is you have to be in the future to know exactly when the right point is to throw that woman under the truck. Well, Donna wasn't. She wasn't in the future? 
when she did when she realized that was the thing to do she was in the present and and all of a sudden it came to her the thing is future donna mm-hmm. was trying to get to present donna to have her not make a left turn or not make a right turn. I can't remember which it was. And there was no way she could get there on time. Mm -hmm. You know, she was having transportation problems. And a truck was coming, so she just threw herself in front of it, which caused this huge traffic jam. And so present Donna had to make a right turn instead of a left. And that saved the world. That saved the world. Wow. Hmm. And, you know, the, given the way they, they project, this is going to happen within 10 years, and this is going to happen within three years. I think they could, you know, project and, and sort of, you know, yeah. what, what do you call it, retro build? Or, um, yeah, well, they could just run computers. that point backwards. Yeah, they can just run computer simulations mm-hmm. to find out exactly what point in time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I could think of several people to put on the short list. Well, me too. But the <laughs> other thing is... Um, you know, if we have like a, a grant writer out in our audience, they might want to, you know, write up a, a, a thing to get a government grant to work on this. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It would save yeah. us a lot of effort, that's for sure. Yeah. Just, you know, one person. Mm-hmm. That's a good deep thought. Did you have that in the shower? <laughs> uh, no, I think it pretty much occurred to me when I was watching the Doctor Who oh, episode. Oh, okay. I always have that. Wow. And, you know, I swear to God, it was one of the modern Doctor Who's, mm-hmm. right? Like, no more than a year old. I went, that, that's a, a, a Star Trek joke. <laughs> I mean, that, that's an obvious reference. And I wonder if Harlan's going to sue <laughs> Doctor Who. Harlan versus Doctor Who. All the Doctor Who's. Really? <laughs> um, I was going to say, I, I often have those deep thoughts in the shower. And then because I'm in the shower, I can't write them. And mm. then by the time I've gotten out and dried my hair, it's just gone. I usually have my best ideas when I'm driving, and I can't write them then either. Uh, yeah. Well, I should always be with you in the car. That way I could write them down. So you could just take notes, and I'll take notes while you shower? Yeah. Okay, I think that works. Okay. Well, tell you what, <laughs> let's take a little bitty break, and okay. then um, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, a few more things. All righty. Yay. Yay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Speak up. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. More fun stuff at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. So, to kick things off, I would love to read um, a really, really funny thing. Um, yes, please do. Yes, because we love funny things. So, our good friend Mike Sterling over at um, Progressive Ruin had posted some pictures of some of the Star Trek crap that's coming out in, in uh, I was going to say because of the movie, but it isn't really because of the movie. It's TOS stuff that they're just releasing now. So I know there's a bunch of new dolls out and Chapel's a doll now. It's, just, it's crazy. So there's Star Trek ears and there's Star Trek Scrabble and there's a enterprise bottle opener, which I think we have to get. Oh yeah. You know, 
because we need I mean, that. you know, the Homer Simpson one is great, but that would be so much better for when we're in cons, you know, Absolutely. in our hotel rooms at cons. Absolutely. So we're going to get I'd that. Open. Um, the best one, though, was uh, the Tiberius cologne. And mm -hmm. this was the comment that Mike wrote about it. He says, cologne named after Kirk? That may be too much for any one man to live up to. I think if I were to open a bottle of this, the scent would grab a ceiling fixture and swing both feet directly into my chest. I love that. That is such an image. <laughs> it's so great. Too much for any one man to live up to. <laughs> so true. So very, very true. Yeah. Well, it, and the thing is, didn't we find out or read somewhere that... Uh, Oh, no, it's Ponfar is the one for women. That's right. Ponfar is the female fragrance. Yeah. And I, I tell you that, you know, I'm not a perfume person anyway, but that's a bad name for a woman's fragrance. <laughs> I mean, it's a bad name for anybody, but you want to smell like a guy in heat? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, but uh, I, I really do enjoy Mike Sterling's comment. It's funny. You know, I'm looking at the bottle opener again. Yeah. Doesn't it look like it'd be difficult to use? It's hard to I tell mean, from the picture. I mean, you have to sort of like hold on to the nacelles, right? I think so. It's hard to tell from the picture. It might be really flat, sort of uh -huh. like a two-dimensional enterprise rather than a three-dimensional enterprise. I don't know. Oh, right. Still, that that doesn't look like a, a an easy handle mm -hmm. to be holding on to maybe it's for decorative purposes only no no it says bottle opener all right it's a bottle opener well you know what when we get one we're gonna find out <laughs> <laughs> that's true i was just and we will be podcasting from the emergency room where we sliced our hand open trying to do this that was true well i was just at the store and i saw that they were having a sale on Qingdao beer and i was thinking oh i'm gonna go back and get some so uh, then we'll have a lot of beer to use that bottle opener with and see which ones it works yeah, best on. Definitely. Okay. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about the New York Times thing? Because that's just so funny. Yes. Um, several people sent us the alert on this. There was an article in the New York Times. Um, if you remember several podcasts ago, I think we talked about this, that you can now buy a replica of Kirk's command chair, mm -hmm. and it costs like $2,700. Yes. It's expensive. But um, the New York Times found these fellows who have made their own. And, you know, not just like recently because this one was out there, but this is something they've done because they're, they're really into to Kirk and Star Trek. And, and apparently if you go online, there are people discussing this and what's the best materials to use and there's how-tos and the whole thing. And they had pictures in the, in the Times article of, you know, the guy sitting in the chair looking Kirkish, you know, in the gold <laughs> shirt and everything. And uh, one guy has it in his living room. And another guy, his wife won't let him, so it's out in the garage. <laughs> and he just goes out there and sits there and feels Kirkish. <laughs> but the, the living room guy said, it's great. He said, you know, it's the, the center of the room, as you would imagine. And everybody who comes over has to sit in of it. Of course. Of course. And he said, but nobody sits in it for too long. It's actually not that comfortable a chair because it's it's very wide. And, yeah. you know, you're kind of leaning over to put your arms on the mm -hmm. the armrest. But um, and, and he was saying it's not too too great for leaning back. And then they went and interviewed the New York Times, tried to interview Bill about it. 
And uh, his assistant, Chris, said, uh, Mr. Shatner is not doing Star Trek-related interviews right now. <laughs> so what's the next best thing? They go talk to Bill Stand-In. <laughs> I love that. How inventive. <laughs> Billy, whatever his name was. And, you know, he was Mr. Uh, Leslie. Mr. Leslie. <laughs> in Star Trek. And, and the guy said, yeah, you know, it's not that comfortable to just sit in. And he goes, and the reason you never see Kirk lean back in it is because Bill did that once and the thing toppled <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, that must so have been a fun day. why he's leaning forward so intently and uh-huh. maybe sitting back the way he does, you know, sort of, I don't know, bracing himself or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? That's why McCoy is always standing in back of the chair. To catch it. <laughs> to keep him from flipping over. <laughs> they made a deal. He's like, you have to stand in back of me so I don't flip over. Yeah, because that bastard Nimoy will let me fall. <laughs> exactly. And then we can bicker while you're standing there. <laughs> right as some good bickering dialogue, yeah. guys. I'm feeling kind of <laughs> shaky today. Oh, that's too funny. That would have been great to see. I wonder if they saved that little piece of footage, or maybe they didn't get to film it. It would be in a blooper reel if they had. Absolutely. It probably, you know, happened during rehearsal or setup or something. But and after that, they probably like fixed it so it didn't didn't do that. But that's a crack up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you don't want to spend that kind of money, you can go on the internet and find out a good way to build your own. Mm-hmm. And once again, proving that, you know, Star Trek in the news all the time, Bill in the news all the time, in the New York Times, even when he's uh, not actually in an article, still in the New York Times. Yeah, well, there was one just like last week, an article about the, uh, the you know, Expedia and Travelocity and those different um, online ticketing things, um, getting rid of their fees for ticketing. And they're saying they're trying to compete with Priceline, but they don't mention Priceline until halfway through the article. Still, there's a picture of Bill. <laughs> As the negotiator. Oh, he's everywhere. He is. And and speaking of everywhere, we have some new media that he conquered. New media, yeah, and I'm just I'm looking for I lost the list already. Okay. Here's one. Um this is this is truly amazing. And this came to us from our friend John. There is a plant named Captain Kirk. And, oh, my screen just went crazy. Okay, it is a, a plant called a, a Bowdoin hostis. I've never heard of this type of plant. Me neither. And um, it said, its parent is the fine-growing gold standard, and it has dad's qualities. A beautiful central splash of ivory cream on a widely oval leaf makes this a beautiful plant for a container. Captain Kirk would be totally lost without the Enterprise. A must-have. And you can order it from this site for only eight pounds. Wow. And there's a click to enlarge, which I have clicked. Mm-hmm. And it is quite a beautiful plant. I love that. Um, I don't know if we actually mentioned it on the show, but once when I was trolling around the Internet, I found that someone had named a breed of pigeon Captain Kirk. Right. A show pigeon. <laughs> so I'm wondering, you know, this should be something that we, we have to be on the lookout for. Maybe people can tell us. If they know other things that have been named Captain Kirk. So now we've got a right. plant, we've got a pigeon. Um, somewhere in Indonesia, there's a restaurant called Captain Kirk. But I'd love to right. know if there are like, maybe if there are insects or something like that that's called Captain Kirk. Well, somebody must have named a space object, you know, oh, when they're yeah. finding 
stars and comets and black holes and things. But um, th- this plant does, and it doesn't say if it, you know, spews mind-bending spores or anything <laughs> like that. But um, but it's, it's, it also, it's charming, it, right? It, it, it is charming. And there isn't a picture of this, but it says it has pinkish lavender flowers. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah. That sounds kind of sexy, actually. Yep. Cool. I like that. Yeah. So what was the other media conquered? The, the wall mural? Oh, well, he's not in that. But, um, yes, you can now get a Star Trek Enterprise, and it's spelled the French way, entreprise, <laughs> um, scene wall mural. And it is 82 wide by 44 high Star Trek, Star Trek spaceship wall mural is a calming place to get away. What Star Trek were they on? <laughs> Enjoy some private time with a wall mural. <laughs> like, what room of your house do you put that wall mural in? That's what I want to know. Um, I got to tell you, my mother-in-law had a uh, forest wall mural really? in her dining room. Wow. And um, one of my husband's uncles used to come over and just pull up a chair and sit and stare at it and talk about how peaceful it was. Wow. Yeah, strange family. But um, so this is really a, a very strange thing. Again, I did the click to enlarge. It's blue with lots of dots, obviously meant to be stars. Mm-hmm. And there's a big we, planet at the top. We see like the bottom half of the planet. And a sun sort of coming out in front of the planet, a little one. Mm-hmm. And there are six enterprises probably the six different enterprises all coming out of the sun plus there's a bunch of littler planets oh, all over baby planets baby planets plant planet tets planets <laughs> yeah <laughs> planetitos so um hey oh my god what? there are more than one of these really I thought there was only yeah. one. Oh, now I have to Let go me look, look at, at it the again. other one. Okay, I have clicked it. We are waiting. We are waiting, waiting. Oh, here's the same sort of thing, but in a vertical. Oh. And, you know, that's actually nicer. And that's 40 wide by 62. Oh, we forgot to mention how much this costs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell them how much it costs. You can get. There's a whole bunch of these. You can get this for the low, low price of $769. <laughs> or you could put that towards a captain's chair. That's right. But here's the thing. Okay, the one we originally linked to was number three. I've now looked at one and two, and now there's a four. Oh. Ooh, and this is just one Star Trek coming out of the, the uh, sun. So there are four. The next one is the Statue of Liberty wall mural. <laughs> but what they're missing here, and I feel that this is a serious flaw, um, is a giant mural of Captain Kirk's face. Oh, my God. I mean... W- or, or Captain Kirk's spot. Uh, well, just Captain Kirk, anyway. I mean... <laughs> just Captain Kirk. doesn't matter. It can be all of him. It can be just part of him. It can be different parts of him. It could be many of him. It could be lots of different faces of Captain Kirk. That, they would sell a lot of those. Uh, yeah, they definitely I would. Think. Yes. Well, speaking of the different faces of Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. um, one of our, our listeners, Julia, sent us this link, and I call it Dress Up Kirk, <laughs> but, but it is a wonderful article 
called The Many Looks of Captain Kirk, Mm -hmm. a tribute to the number one cause of death for guys named Khan. (laughs) And they have a picture for each of his dress-up costumes. And they look like screen caps from the episodes. They're really good pictures. Yes, and, and, they, and they talk about it. Um, <laughs> listen to the description of classic Kirk. Okay, while going into a bar dressed this way would surely make most of us look like some of the biggest nerds in history, the outfit was Captain Kirk's pimp juice. <laughs> There's no denying that the ladies, human, alien, and otherwise, dig a man in uniform. Whether he was kicking back in that sweet captain's chair or out kicking ass on some away team, James T. Kirk always looks sharp. Absolutely. (laughs) And you keep going and there's evil Kirk. (laughs) And there's, you know, blue jeans Kirk. Oh, blue jeans Kirk. Oh, here's what he says about evil Kirk. (laughs) Evil Kirk's wardrobe may not have varied from his good counterpart, but he came with a little something extra, that over-the-top swagger. (laughs) So this is a wonderful article with fabulous pictures and definitely worth um, the great, great comments. The world cannot get enough of Captain Kirk. Nope. There's fancy Western Kirk, and we know how fabulous he looked in that. There's Android Kirk. Yep. Yep. Brawny Man Kirk (laughs) from City on the Edge. This is where we get to see Captain Kirk rocking the red flannel like nobody else can. (laughs) They really like the word sweet. He also gets to wear a sweet double-buttoned wool coat, which prompts Edith Keeler to get all snugly with him and then get hit by a car. (laughs) And, of course, Mirror Kirk. Oh, Mirror Kirk. Really? Oh, I could just look at this article for. Um, I really like this article about <clears throat> fancy Western Kirk. This is from uh-huh. the Return of the Archons. And the comment is, looking like a sort of flamboyant Wyatt Earp, Kirk strolls around the place clad in black pants, a long black jacket, black vest, white dress shirt, and a classic black Western tie. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's the comment on... um. Gamesters of Triskelion mm-hmm. says during the fights, Kirk must wear Stanford, standard Triskelion gladiator attire. And you know what that means. Shirtless Kirk. <laughs> well, almost. In addition to the control collar, the captain is forced to wear a goofy S&M looking half shirt thing and black trousers. Incidentally, Kirk defeats all of his opponents because they are mesmerized by his astonishing buffness. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, this is just wonderful. Oh. And we've we've often talked about, you know, them playing dress up and, and you know, you should assemble this kind of a list uh-huh. and someone has done it. It's great. Can I just read some of the part from the Mirror Kirk because the comments is so funny. Okay. <clears throat> the look, <clears throat> excuse me, as they are apt to do, an ion storm causes a transporter malfunction that somehow beams Kirk McCoy, Scotty and Uhura into an alternate universe. Aboard the Imperial Starship Enterprise, the gang try to stay on the DL while looking for a way to get home. In this parallel universe, people dress differently. Uhura bears her midriff, and Spock sports a goatee. Captain Kirk is the clear fashion winner in this switch-up, however, as he dons a sexy gold vest with no shirt underneath, with a matching sash tied around the waist. If you're seeking inspiration for your Kirkosexual Star Trek slash fic, then this is it. (laughs) 
that's what we are. We're kirkosexuals. We're kirkosexuals. I love it. Oh. Wow. That's so funny. <laughs> kirkosexual. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to remember that one because that's definitely, definitely it. Oh, and they have a nice review of his outfit in Assignment Earth, uh-huh. you know, when they go back in space and yeah. go to NASA back in time. It says, um, guess what? Costume change. <laughs> Sharp 60s era suits are called for, and Kirk snags a brown jacket, light blue shirt, and navy tie. Needless to say, he's looking sharper than your dad on his first date with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I do have a picture of my parents on a date, and this is so very, very true. (laughs) I love these articles, the many looks of Captain Kirk. What a great day. (laughs) And uh, let's see, here's uh, Kirok. Kirk, or as he goes by here, dances with pattern buffers. Kirk wears all sorts of sweet Native American get-ups in this episode, all the while macking on Priestess Miramani. Eat your heart out, Tonto. <laughs> it's, it's really wonderful. And then at the end, if I ever get to the end, because I have to keep stopping to look at the more. It's annoying. And they, they even go through the movies. Um, there's just like a sort of a wrap-up of, uh, well, I want to get to it. There's Spacesuit Kirk. Upgraded uniform, Kirk. Cold weather, Kirk. <laughs> well, let me just click 12, and uh, that's the quickest way to get there. Casual look. Oh, and then they put some, some captions on them, which is kind of cute. Um, oh, and it says, did we miss a, a signature Kirk look? Let us know the comments. But I, I thought there was something right before that. Let's see. I might have gone a page too far. Um, I, I will point out while you're looking that... Um, up in the, excuse me, in the corner, this is at IGN where this article was, um, and mm-hmm. next to this article it says, details for James T. Kirk, like it's a profile of a real person. Of and course. And there's a picture of him played by William Shatner, and then there's a, a little inset photo of Chris Pine, um, and it says, James T. Kirk is a character from the Star Trek TV series. Captain James T. Kirk was the commander of the Starfleet vessels USS Enterprise and USS Enterprise A, and one of the chief defenders of the United Federation of Planets during his time in service. Boy, I stood up and saluted when you read yeah, that. I mean, isn't that, that's like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing I was looking for. It says, we hope you've enjoyed our many looks of Captain Kirk. Lest we forget one of your favorites, here are a few one-off Kirk looks that are also worthy of mention. And then there's hunky shirtless Kirk. Ooh. And it's, you know, he's shirtless and he's pulling the towel around his uh-huh. neck. They perfect screen cap because he is looking out and making this lovey face. And, you know, the way he's holding the, the towel, it really looks like a Chippendales oh, thing. That's awesome. And the caption they've put on it is, drink it all in, ladies. <laughs> so these people are definitely Kirkosexuals. <sighs> and they, they understand that. It's, it's nice to know somebody has captured all that. Yay, thank you, IGN. We applaud you. Really? Hey, while we're speaking about here are all the dress-up Kirks, um, I think we have to point out that in our show, you have to come to a live show, we have all the ripped shirts and all the kisses. We actually took the time to go through every freaking episode and and do screen caps of these things. And it is so hard not to get distracted while you're, you know, looking for ripped shirts. And then you're like, oh, there's a great Kirk light. I'd better capture mm-hmm. that, you know. 
It takes a long it time. It does, but um, the fact that we now have a, a, our own collection of every woman he ever kissed, in as we're careful to say, on screen, because yes. if it was every woman he'd ever kissed in Star Trek, it, it would be, you know, endless, pretty much. Yes, very, very endless, but... um. Yeah, and the, the rip shirt montage is wonderful. Mm-hmm. We have appropriate music mm-hmm. for both. And you guys just got to see this live show. We rock. It's good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And it changes, too. That's the good thing about it. Always something new. Yes. Yes. Because at, at this last live show, we talked to the audience about Shatmoy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so now they're all, all into yeah. that. And, and we'll be celebrating next yeah. year. Well, I think that's all I had on the list um, of things that we were going to talk about. Um, I think so. Um, One last little um, just helpful public service announcement. This came from my sister. Mm -hmm. The Klingon Language Institute offers $500 scholarships to creative language scholars. Lucky for you, fluency in Klingon is not required. Now, also, the Starfleet Academy, the education branch of Starfleet, the International Star Trek Fan Association Incorporated, offers members $500 scholarships. So if you're looking to help, you know, pay for for college, uh, Starfleet is there to help you. I wonder, you know. I think that's a really good use for fandom. I do, too. I think that's, that's amazing. Um, I was just wondering, you know, what kind of arrangements would they make for that in the future when you, when you were going to go to Starfleet, you know, is there like, you know, Pell Grants still, or um, what if you're... What well, if you know, what grants? I've always thought it was, is I've thought it was like our military academies, the official ones like West mm-hmm. Point, if you get in, the government pays everything, mm-hmm. and in turn, you agree to stay in that branch of the service for like five years or yeah. something, if you drop out... Or if you um, get in the service and leave before your time is mm-hmm. up, other than getting killed, of course, you have to pay them back. Do you think it's paid for by the United Federation of Planets, though? I think it's paid for by Starfleet. Mm. Well, no, let's see. Well, I know ours is paid for by the government, but I don't know if it's per se like the Army is paying mm-hmm. for that and the Navy is paying for everybody at Annapolis. I don't know that. Mm. But like right now, you have to get a recommendation from your congressman. Yeah. So who pays when you go to, like, the Vulcan Science Academy? I don't think Vulcans use money. Look, no, I, th- I think they, their, their whole point of examinations is to logically pick a career. Uh-huh. And if your logical career is that you should be studying science, they logically pick the best place for you to study it. And if it's, you know, that, that um, you know, you should be studying, I don't know, music or pottery or whatever, they pick the... Um, the best place for you to do that, and if you're like this, this total pleasure-seeking outcast, uh, they send you to uh, the pl- the place where Spock went. Shakari. Oh no, the other place. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? I can't remember. So, how? Do- it's a place where you're supposed to purge yeah, yeah, all in yeah. Um How? Do- so, how does the Vulcan economy run? Are they communists? Then, are we supposed to assume that? I don't know. This is something you need a different level of geek to discuss. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> Somebody must. Have well, you know, stupid Roddenberry said, you know, oh, we don't have cash in the future. I'm going, that is such total bullshit. <laughs> you have something. You have an economy. You have trade. Yeah. I mean, why are these guys out on that horrible rock where there's just three guys mining this crap yeah, exactly. until Bud's Women shows up? 
just for the good of mankind. I mean, give me a break. And and why does Kirk have to negotiate with them to get it? Exactly. I mean, that's just, just yeah. Well, anyway, I, it just occurred to me that Vulcans may in fact be communists. I don't know. Hmm. Somebody's got to be making all that plomeek soup. <laughs> the people who majored in plomeek soup. Because that plomeek soup won't make itself. <laughs> I want to wait. I want to share this with the listeners. The last time Lena was over at my house, we decided to make popcorn. <laughs> and we were making it the old fashioned way, not in the microwave, but on the stove. I was making it, okay? I take full responsibility. And I was shaking it, and like I lost control. The lid flew off. The popcorn went flying and fell into the flame of the burner. So we had a fire, a very little fire, which we quickly smothered, you know, put out, and didn't even set off the smoke alarm, so nothing really to worry about. But then, after we had gotten everything under control, I want you to say what you said. <laughs> well, uh, we were cleaning everything up, and I said, and that's why we don't leave you kids in the house alone. <laughs> and I just liked it, because it was so Minnesotan. <laughs> in fact, I even told my mom about it, and she laughed. <laughs> after, she said, how did it catch on fire? Did the microwave catch on fire? Oh, mom. No, it was, it was the good old-fashioned oil fire on the kitchen stove. Yeah, something no home is complete without. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only thing that was missing, actually, from that whole experience is that you didn't end up with a brown spot on your ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get that when I open the pressure cooker too yeah, early, Stug. I'm pretty sure we had one of those in my house growing up, the brown spot. Yeah. I think most people did. <laughs> oh, goodness. <gasps> All right. Well, let's wrap this guy up. Okay. And um, we will be back with another in-person show, hopefully next time around, because, of course, there are a million things to talk about. Millions and millions. And, and just reminding everybody, keep those spoilers to yourselves. Yes, um, and we'll be, of course, reviewing the movie as soon as it, it's coming out. We'll be lining up to hey. see it. I was thinking about this last night. Are you and I going to line up on opening day? Be line geeks, please say yes. I think so. I think. I think okay, good because uh, you know we'll buy advance tickets and and the whole thing. Oh, I yeah. just re I really want to do that. Well, with maybe you. we should take the microphone and do like we did um, when we went to see. Yeah, um, you uh, the, cage. Yeah, the cage. So that could be good. We could have a little chat with people online. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're going to plan okay. on that then. That's like May 9th or mm -hmm. something. Okay. Excellent. Not that far away. Okay. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.